John Watson, the greatest voice of football. Welcome to Mark and Pete. Here's a thought. If you are the voice of choice because of your unique expression and the sublime way you articulate with passion and obsession and always leave audiences with a positive impression, you'll forever be a champion for your profession. Well, as we have all seen in the news, sadly, uh, that John Watson, the legendary TV football commentator, has recently died. He was known by many as the voice of football. He covered 10 World Cups, 10 European Championships, 29 FA Cup finals and countless numbers of football matches across the leagues. Now, what's interesting here is, known as Motti by many, was that he was actually seen as a champion for his profession. Many say that he innovated his style of commentary. His words and choices of phrase really enlightened many a match. But here it is the, the thing, Clergyman Pete, whilst he was definitely a voice of his profession, it also illustrates how somebody like an exponent like John Motson can also be seen in other professions as being a voice of choice. I ask you, who stands out in your mind for other professions in the clergy, for example? Well, of course, the greatest voice that we've had in terms of a clergyman over the past hundred years or so has been Billy Graham. Now, uh, he was a, gr a great preacher who had a certain style which articulated the gospel message in a very clear manner. But of course, as with John Motzer, with Billy Graham, it wasn't purely the voice. It was everything about it, you know, the, the, the style of, uh, of, of dress, the use of particular uh, words, phrases, illustrations you mentioned with John Watson, certain phrases uh, summing up matches or particular incidents in the matches very well. Uh, and with Billy Graham, certain stories and phrases, which now seem rather hackneyed simply because they've been copied so much. Indeed, yeah. Uh, are, um, are stock in, they become a stock in trade for many preachers. The, he, he would have, uh, have am amusing folksy stories which uh, supported his gospel presentation but yeah he had a certain style now he innovated um i guess with john motson you you could talk about his um um i mean i don't you you know more about this my football yeah. but he, he use you, more use of um uh i think you were talking earlier before we went on air of his use of statistics to support oh, his yes. points well with with billy graham uh you have him honing down to a very simple message uh it was known as the new evangelicalism it was getting rid of anything that got in the way of this very simple vital central message some would say it was very reductionist but it, whatever he became a very effective communicator because of being so distinctive so yeah. I mean, with john motson for football it'd be billy graham for preachers well, there's actually a little bit of a religious link here, and you'll see why. Because interestingly, John Molson, the uh, the broadcaster, was the son of a Methodist minister. And he actually developed his career as a reporter on the Barnet Press and then later the Sheffield Morning Telegraph newspapers. Yes. And that's where he really actually started his career. 
But the thing here is, is that it was actually his ability to not just engage the audience, the listener, those who were interested in following football. He did a lot of research and preparation. Now, you may say, well, surely his predecessors did the same, but not to the same degree. He was so well prepared that, as you've already highlighted, he brought many, many statistics in. But it wasn't really to sort of to be boring. It was actually to the right moment. Now, what's interesting here is, is that um, the director of BBC Sport, Barbara Slater, said John Motson was a giant of broadcasting with a career spanning over 50 years. And his distinctive voice has gone hand in glove with so many great footballing moments. So one of the things that here that what makes the moment is actually some of his commentary and his style, which for, for some, I think is very, very distinctive. Now, depending on whether you're a football fan, fan or not, but I remember some of the highlights. I remember when Wimbledon um, played Liverpool and won a shock FA Cup victory rather than just simply say Wimbledon has now won one nil and he decided to coin the phrase and there it is the crazy gang have beaten the culture club now of course for those at the time culture club the pop group um and Liverpool being a cultured established football club he brought an evocative image straight away to summarize the game and encapsulated it perfectly and so I think that, you know, when you when you have somebody who has that ability, it's it's so difficult for anyone who's even tried an attempt to to actually even commentate on a live uh, sporting event, let alone football or anything else. There were many others as well, which is uh, the pace. Dan Muskell was very good um, at tennis um, and, and many others uh, were very good in, in their chosen professions where the voice becomes very, very distinctive. Now, clergyman Pete, I ask you when we sort of widen this subject about being a voice of choice for a particular profession, it, it also thinks we think of other areas where more notably we think of politicians being great mm, orators. Yeah, sure. So we think of people like Churchill, but Thatcher was a great orator, somebody who could debate but coin phrases and, and certainly command an audience. And that's yeah. not an easy thing to do. No, and, and I think Margaret Thatcher was was the one who innovated. Uh, she changed her voice. She had a voice coach to change her voice to be more Indeed. palatable, especially when being broadcast. You know, a, a slower voice and a deeper voice than she had in her earlier career uh, when she was rather shrill, which may have worked, you know, out on the hustings or in... Uh, speeches that were live but certainly didn't come across well on tv and radio and she used the uh the uh, pr firm pr firm's uh yes uh, uh understanding of how to get messages across so she was really an innovator in being the voice for her party and for for, for getting across how she would lead the country the direction she would she would take she moved uh, politics into the modern era um, oh, yeah. for good for good and ill you could say because of course uh, it became very television centric uh, for a time after that and moving on to being concerned about what the internet uh, tells of uh, political stories these days but uh, Margaret Thatcher certainly a big uh, game changer just as John Motson was uh, I hear in football and uh, with Margaret Thatcher the same uh, I think could be said but here's the interesting thing if you don't understand what's being done you may not have that view of them Margaret Thatcher 
seemed uh, rather pompous and uh, over serious maybe uh, a lot of the time uh, because of her style if you weren't re- didn't realize what she was what she was actually doing john motson seemed uh, because you know i wasn't interested in football quite a ridiculous figure and uh, billy graham as uh, uh, you know spawned all these uh, 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 all these uh, ideas of um, uh, of uh, of an american evangelist in his electric blue suits uh, shouting at people because of his early style he did change his style to be far more measured uh, and so even though all these these people we just given examples were the voice the voice of choice as you say they were the voices that were making changes and always were the most effective in speaking in their various areas yes if you weren't part of that milieu you would have thought they were faintly ridiculous. And that may be why they were effective. The willingness to be ridiculous, to not care. You, you don't care what people who are not listening to you think of you. You're just trying to get your point across. It's that dedication to the message that I think uh, singles them all out, particularly with Margaret Thatcher deepening her voice. I mean, which it seems ridiculous, making make it almost manly. And the people used to, made fun of that in in uh, satirical programs here in the uk uh so that com- that commitment to getting the message across is perhaps why they were so effective well i think with margaret thatcher of course obviously it was deemed as you say that uh, having a whining high-pitched voice wasn't taken as serious and so of course mm. there was a lot of modeling but here's a different angle on what a voice means And I'm going to use this one as a simple example. There are many, uh, but I choose this one um, for a different purpose, which is about how you represent something, i.e. you are a voice for something. Now, ironically, in this particular case, I've chosen Joanna Lumley. That's the British actress. I say British because, ironically, um, she was born in India but moved to England as a child. And she, albeit that she has a very distinctive voice as an actress, she's done many a voiceover, as uh, people will know, um, for adverts and many other causes. But one of the things I talk about is her voice and representation for the Gurkhas' settlement rights in Britain. Now, the reasons of this is, apart from the cause itself, the 75-year-old's father was a major in the Gurkha rifles. And of course, as many have seen in the media, that this being the champion, effectively, a voice for a cause, I think is also very um, uh, pertinent. So in many ways, whilst you can look at the tone and quality and richness of a voice, that's one one dimension. But it's how you as a speaker represent something. Now, I, I think that that's also very, very important because I, the reason I also bring the the analogy here is, in my opinion, knowing football a lot more than you do, but one of the things I will say oh, yes. is, is that what John Motson did is he brought credibility to the commentary that, in my opinion, didn't have the same resonance because he knew about the players far more with far more depth. He knew about the clubs. He knew about the history. He knew about the tournaments. He knew about the drama of a given moment. So what you were getting from this voice piece was a lot more than just simply saying one nil. <laughs> well, yes, yes. I, mean, I think that it, it, when we're talking about someone being the voice, uh, the voice, uh, the greatest voice for a particular profession or movement, it, 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 it involves the style of voice, how you hear them. Yes. 
but it's the content, it's the character, it's even the appearance, the distinctive appearance of John Motzer wearing his sheepskin coats. <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely. And uh, yeah. all the people we've mentioned have very distinctive appearances as well. And so it's it's the whole package, shall we say, oh, totally. that makes you the voice, including your character, your integrity, which uh, in each case, I think we can say they each of them operated uh, or operate uh, with great integrity, depending on whether they're alive or not. Yeah, um, and so yeah, it's it's people that need to be respected um, for their character and for their knowledge. They need to sound good. It needs to come across well. They need to have a good turn of speech, and their appearance needs to be distinctive so that they're remembered. And all together, you get the voice. I think all that together is the voice. Indeed. Well, I mean, I think we should ask our listeners, who do they think is a good voice of choice for a particular cause and what they like about them? Um, I think it would be good to um, to open it up and yes, uh, get some feedback. Interesting to hear. And who is the greatest voice of choice? Let us know. Uh, leave a comment below this episode. Simply make sure that you're subscribed by going to markandpete.com. And once you check that you're subscribed, you can quite easily just leave a comment on this and every episode but for mark and myself it's bye for now and catch you next time